focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, we have our reporters in Handan and Lee Ji-young. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Good evening to you guys. Guys, I, let's start off uh, by talking about the big, big story of the day here mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of us. Uh, we were woken up to, or we were at work actually, uh, when alarms rang. And this is because uh, North Korea finally uh, launching and blasting off their space rocket. This was supposed to be their uh, military reconnaissance satellite that they were going to launch. Uh, they made the announcement. They said it was going to come sometime between May 31st and June 11th, I believe was the date. And uh, shortly afterwards, they made the announcement. Uh, we saw the launch. It was an attempt. North Korea not successful in their launch. Uh, remember, a lot of effort put into making a successful launch on this. We're seeing that it's not Kim Jong-un who has the pressure to succeed in this launch. It's all those scientists who are working hard to get this done. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. ji you're going to start us off with this. Yeah. Now, North Korea's plan to send its first space spa- satellite ended in an accident with the satellite crashing into the sea. Now, Pyongyang had earlier announced its intention to launch the satellite by June 11th for the purpose of monitoring U.S military activities. Uh, However, the launch did not go as planned. Now, North Korea says that it will make another attempt to launch the satellite as soon as possible. And the initial launch caused panic in South Korea's capital, Seoul, as an air raid siren sounded and Residents received emergency messages instructing them to prepare for evacuation. However, 20 minutes later, authorities announced that it had been sent in error, causing chaos and confusion among the public. Now, the North Korean National Aerospace Development Administration stated, uh, as reported by the Korean Central News Agency, that they had launched the Mangyongni Iho military uh, reconnaissance satellite on the Cholli Ma Iho carrier rocket at the Dongchangni satellite launching ground in Cheolsang County uh, which is uh, north uh, Pyongyang it is northern part of the uh, of north uh, of Pyongyang Pyongyang uh, sorry at 6:27 a.m. now they further explained that during the flight the second stage booster engine experienced an abnormality causing a loss of propulsion leading the satellite crashing into the West Sea after the separation of the first stage. Now, this is not the first time that North Korea has promptly announced the failure of a satellite launch. In fact, in April 2012, uh, when they failed to launch the so-called Gwangmyeongsang-3 satellite, they immediately declared that they had not succeeded in achieving orbit. Now, North Korea's National Aerospace Development Administration stated that the accident was caused by reliability and stability issues with the rocket's newly introduced propulsion system and fuel instability and said that they will conduct detailed investigation. 
Now, their spokesperson also mentioned that urgent measures are being taken to identify and address the issues with the aim of attempting a second launch soon. We were talking about, uh, we, we knew that this uh, the launch of the military reconnaissance satellite was imminent. We knew that it was going to happen. Uh, right. North Korea said it was gonna, they were going to conduct it. We were saying that they were probably waiting for the best condition, right? Whether it be weather, uh, climate, and all sorts of different things. And they you know, probably chose uh, what they thought was the best date was mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, but what was very surprising, once again, and I did a second take on this as soon as uh, these reports were coming out from the failed launch, is that the KCNA reported this, right? And the, for North Korea to sort of accept the fact that it was a failure, I mean, sure, it was a failure. I mean, it was, it was a no given, but to report it that quickly was a little bit unusual. But also judging from the claims made by North Korea space agency, it does appear that the North was well aware that the stability of the rocket's new engine system was low. So, Tan, why did North Korea rush to launch the spy satellite uh, despite the unstable uh, engine system? Well, experts are pointing to two possible reasons behind the rush. First is the fact that the Kim Jong-un regime needed a landmark military achievement, at least within the first half of this year, for internal propaganda. Scientists and military officials were pressured, obviously, to show the people of North Korea a great military feat and create a festive mood ahead of the 70th anniversary since the armistice agreement, uh, the exact date of which falls on July 27th. Top North Korean experts, uh, North Korea experts here in the South say that recent construction works at the North's Sohe satellite launch site in Tongchangni were also rushed and done in an unsystematic way, suggesting that authorities were under pressure to complete the launch site construction within a given time frame for political reasons. They add that if uh, the first half passes by with no tangible outcome, It'll be deemed considerably late for the Kim regime to unite its people and further cement their loyalty towards the state leadership. And Kim Jong-un made no secret of the launch. His latest public appearances were all related to the state's first launch of the spy satellite. Uh, On April 18th, he visited North Korea's National Space Development Agency and declared the completion of building the satellite. And then a month later, he showed up to inspect the satellite, giving an approval for the quote-unquote next action plan. So the entire focus was placed on the successful launch of the satellite, which is part of the Kim Jong-un regime's major defense reform. If we look back, we've seen similar pattern before. It's a deja vu all over again. Like uh, Chiyoung briefly mentioned, North Korea rushed to lift off the Kwangmyongsong 3 satellite in April 2012 to mark the 100th anniversary of North Korea founder Kim Il-sung's birthday and also to mark the beginning of the Kim Jong-un era but failed. Pyongyang made another attempt to send a Kwangmyongsong 3 satellite into space in December the same year and although it did enter the orbit, it's yet to be confirmed whether it's functioning well. Again, it was we were talking about uh, in the previous 
past week and last week as well, all these uh, satellite imageries uh, provided by Planet Labs, according to VOA, and uh, some of the images that we got from the Soya satellite launching site, that they had a comparison between the week before and the week after uh, pictures, and they were saying that there was a great deal of development. Now, at the time, they weren't saying that it doesn't seem like they were hastily preparing for this launch. Mm -hmm. What they said was they were, it seems like according to the satellite imagery that a launch is imminent. That's all they said, right? And we thought that maybe North Korea was going to be a little bit more cautious with this. This was one of those things where Kim Jong-un, because he was focusing so much on this launch of this reconnaissance satellite, that it had to be successful. There was no other option, right? right? And so so obviously a lot of pressure uh, on uh, the, the scientists who were involved with the launch of this. Uh, but at the same time, to sort of rush this, they knew it was going to happen. But ta you mentioned that uh, the experts are pointing to two possible reasons behind North Korea's hasty satellite launches. So uh, what, what's the other reason then? Well, like many had already pointed out, the successful launch of South Korea's mm. homegrown rocket Nuri, which released the country's first commercial-grade satellites last week, may have forced Pyongyang to speed things up for its own launch. North Korea's official announcement of its launch plan came just four days after the launch of Nuri. Various foreign news outlets also zoomed in on the satellite launch plans of the two Koreas, analyzing that uh, the space race is heating up on the Korean peninsula. They reported that the two Koreas have no military reconnaissance satellites of their own, and both are eager to possess them. Yeah, so we were talking about when uh, Nuri was successfully launched, uh, that North Korea made absolutely no mention of the, of the successful right. launch in itself, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, we thought that maybe North Korea was going to respond with, uh, you know, look at them. Uh, this is, uh, they're going to use these satellites to spy on us or, you know, plan some kind of invasion tactics. It's, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They're not allowing us to send over satellites, but they're doing it. But they were really quiet on this. So all the more there was pressure on North Korea to successfully uh, launch their uh, military reconnaissance satellite. Obviously, this didn't happen. But uh, I do believe in the... Second uh, reason, I think there was a whole lot of, uh, uh, they needed to show that North Korea has the same capability. Uh, obviously, this shows that uh, it doesn't. But uh, because it was a failed launch, uh, North Korea's attempted satellite launch also resulted in the debris falling into the sea. I had a chance mm -hmm. to uh, see some of these footages. Uh, but Jiang, can you tell us more about the recovery operation, the progress made so far? Sure. Now, the South Korean Joint Chiefs of Staff announced that they have recovered parts of the satellite launch vehicle uh, that North Korea had launched. And the recovery took place in the waters off the western coast of uh, Chengdu uh, Island, located approximately 60 kilometers west of Kunsan in Cholabukdo province. Now, the military is now focusing on assessing the overall performance of the launch vehicle, including the use of foreign components and the technological level involved. Now, the recovered debris will undergo detailed analysts, um, analysis here in South Korea. And in a related development, the South Korean military has launched a recovery operation following the North Korea's failed satellite launch. Uh, naval vessels, including rescue ships, have been mobilized and currently moving toward 
towards uh, the western coast of Acheongdo Island. Now, the recovery operation initially aimed to retrieve debris from the anticipated fall uh, area of uh, north of the 33rd parallel, where the first stage engine and fairing were expected to land. Um, however, due to a malfunction, the second stage engine the debris fell into an unexpected area approximately 200 kilometers west of Acheongdo Island. Now, the military's focus is now on recovering the reconnaissance satellite as there is a possibility that the third stage engine and the top payload have fallen into the sea without out significant damage. Now, once the debris, including the reconnaissance satellite, is retrieved, it will be analyzed. And it's worth mentioning that in previous recovery operations, the South Korean Navy successfully retrieved fuel tanks debris from the waters southwest of Ocheongdo Island during North Korea's Kwangmyeongsang uh, satellite launch in February 2012. Now, similar operations were conducted. Um, and and so, in other words, considering the ongoing recovery efforts, it has been reported that intact connections between the first and second stages have been successfully cover, recovered, uh, indicating progress in the recovery operation. Yeah, just a quick correction. I think you meant uh, 38th parallel, right? Yeah. Uh, if it was the north of 38th parallel, they would not be able to uh, retrieve the debris. But uh, because it fell uh, south of the 38th parallel, that they're able to retrieve this, which, again, a great deal of embarrassment for North Korea right now. Now mm-hmm. now that it's going to be in the hands of South Korea, they're going to be looking at what kind of technology it is. And instead of North Korea being able to try to get the debris and figure out what went wrong here, uh, South Korea is probably going to go, haha, this is the reason why you guys failed and you know get a bunch of uh, information here and there. But speaking of information, South Korea's National Security Council convened an emergency meeting this morning to discuss this very uh, rocket launch. Uh, Don, what was the, uh, the NSC's official response to all this? Well, South Korea's top security Council defined the launch as a long-range ballistic missile provocation and condemned it as a grave violation of UN Security Council resolutions. In a statement issued after the meeting, the council said they discussed North Korea's quote-unquote long-range ballistic missile launch under the pretext of a so-called satellite, where members emphasized that the launch, regardless of its success, was a grave violation of UN Security Council resolutions and a serious provocation threatening peace and safety on the Korean Peninsula and in the international community. They also agreed to maintain a close coordination posture with allies and friendly nations while continuing to carefully monitor the possibility of North Korea's additional launches. Led by National Security Advisor Cho Tae-yong, the NSC meeting was attended by Unification Minister Kwon Young-se, Defense Minister Lee Jong-sup, and National Intelligence Service Director Kim Kyu-hyun, among others. It is interesting the way that they worded this, right? Like, it's mm. true that the rockets, again, this is the reason why the launch of the military reconnaissance satellite for North Korea was technically banned and uh, criticized by uh, the, the international communities because it does use the ballistic missile technology, which means that, right. I mean, technically, I guess, 
It is a long-range ballistic missile, technically. Uh, but because the JCS, uh, earlier today, when it first sort of reported on this, JCS did not word it this way. Right. They didn't say it was a long-range ballistic missile. Right. The way that they said it was, it was a space launch vehicle. That's right. Uh, reportedly, a space launch vehicle was launched from North Korea southward uh, and so forth. And then later on, we found that it was, uh, you know, it failed. But following North Korea's satellite launch, this is where it gets very interesting here in South Korea. There was a bunch of confusion, panic among the residents on Pengyongdo Island, where an emergency and evacuation order was issued. And if you were here in Seoul uh, at around 6.30ish, uh, something past, I think it was past the 6.30 here in Seoul, uh, a mistaken alert caused significant turmoil over amongst the uh, citizens Xiang'a, fill us in on this. Sure. Now, the satellite launched by North Korea led to the declaration of a state emergency and evacuation order on Pengyongdo Island, uh, located in the nor northernmost part of the West Sea. Now, the evacuation was conducted promptly with messages uh, broadcasted through the village lands loudspeakers and the opening of numerous shelters. However, the situation on Pengyongdo Island has now returned to normal. Um, in Seoul, however, a state of emergency alert was mistakenly sent as you sent out to citizens, as you mentioned, SJ, causing confusion. Now, the Interior Ministry later clarified that the alert was meant solely for Pengyongdo Island and that Seoul City had sent it in error. Now, the correction message was sent 22 minutes after the initial alert. However, despite the clarification, air raid sirens sounded throughout Seoul, leading to, leading to anxiety and sense of direct, uh, disruption among the residents. Now, citizens also expressed concerns over the lack of specific evacuation instructions and questioned the effectiveness of the government's response compared to the real-time information available on social media. Additionally, there were temporary access issues um, experienced by major portal sites during this period as well. Now, the Interior Ministry and Seoul City are currently investigating the circumstances surrounding the mistaken alert and working to ensure the accuracy and efficiency of the alert system in the future. Um, now, in in this morning, Seoul Mayor Oh Seun he apologized for confusion caused by the emergency text message. However, he did state that it was not a false alarm, but a response to the urgency of the situation. And he will be closely also working with the Prime Minister's office as well when it comes to this uh, Seoul uh, emergency situation. Well, if it was not a false alarm, why why get the second alarm mm -hmm. saying that it was a false? alarm right so Chiang, you were we were talking about this right before the mm -hmm. show right and i was at work downstairs at the uh, the news center uh early morning town i know you were working from home i was wide awake working from home and as a sole resident i actually heard the air raid the loud siren mm -hmm. go off and for a good five to ten minutes i couldn't help but seriously wonder 
should I abandon my work and start packing? You know, I have a child to protect yeah, at yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So even I, even though I knew that uh, North Korea may launch its space uh, spy satellite sometime soon, because the emergency alert did not specify a reason uh, right. for us to evacuate, I couldn't help but wonder and 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 uh, panic a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is there something else going on? Is yeah. is is a North Korean attack imminent or something? But anyway. I think what we now know for know for sure is that um, it was literally a wake up call for yeah. everyone here in South Korea that we're still technically in a state of war. Absolutely, and uh, it was interesting the way that we responded because we're on the news team, right? And so as soon as the alarms rang, and I'm trying to read this, you know, I, I had to do a second take because it just said evacuate, but all of us were sort of like, hey, you think maybe North Korea? shot their uh, space rocket and maybe they're kind of uh, uh, overreacting to that and everyone's like yeah that's probably the reason why right and so like we weren't kind of worried per se but I could understand where the panic comes from because that was the big controversy in that if they said that North Korea uh, fired a space launch vehicle and maybe an evacuation is needed then everyone would have been like okay well if it's a space launch vehicle and it probably probably is a satellite we've been talking about it right and we, we a lot of us saw it coming right yeah and so mm-hmm. like it's not, probably not dangerous mm-hmm. and so like we don't really really have to evacuate uh is what we're saying but the fact that it said nothing yeah except just... for evacuate yeah uh it could be very worrying for many people and to hear the siren the air raid go off at 6 30 a.m in the yeah. morning you know if something like that goes off at 6 a.m in the morning it ain't no drill it means real life situation yeah. and to be honest it was quite threatening yeah and what if something like this really does happen and what if this oh wasn't, absolutely yeah right. and that's the thing like there weren't specific evacuation uh, uh rules for us to to follow right. so Most there the people was didn't be even know exactly. where to go to evacuate exactly so that's something that we should think think of right. uh, is so this this is as you mentioned Don, a, a huge wake-up call mm-hmm. for everybody here in South Korea and we were saying that uh, it was not too long ago that we did a whole civil air raid drill right mm-hmm. and uh, you know all of us sort of took part in it or I don't I don't know what and that's the the scary thing about it is, is mm-hmm. it's gonna be the, the boy who cried wolf situation where we get this again we're gonna be like oh probably another mistake or probably something that's being overreacted and what if it does happen eventually right and and that's the scary thing here but also what was interesting is uh, where I sit uh, in the office downstairs on the the news center is we have a bunch of uh, television that puts up like CNN we have uh, what was it CNN and other channels and right in front of me is actually NHK and so I saw the emergency alerts uh, happening in Japan I mean there was red letters all over the place there was a whole bunch of stuff uh, mm-hmm. going on there but Don let's talk more about Japan's response uh, and also reaction from Washington Sure. A missile alert was issued, like you mentioned, for Japan's southwestern prefecture of Okinawa at 6.30 a.m., just a minute after the rocket launch, telling residents that North Korea appears to have launched a missile and to evacuate to safe shelters and underground areas. But the warning was lifted 
30 minutes after, as the Japanese government confirmed there is no possibility of the missile landing on Japanese territory or flying through Japan's airspace. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida told reporters that there were no reports of damage. Pyongyang had notified the Japan Coast Guard on Monday of its plan to launch a satellite between May 31st and June 11th. Japan's defense ministry in response warned it would destroy any North Korean missile that enters its territory. Pack 3 missile interceptor systems have been deployed in Daha City and on the Sakishima Islands in Okinawa Prefecture, as well as the premises of the Defense Ministry in Tokyo. The U.S., meanwhile, strongly condemned North Korea's attempt to launch a spy satellite into space, calling it a brazen violation of multiple U.N. Security Council resolutions. In a statement, the White House National Security Council said that U.S. President Joe Biden and his national security team are assessing the situation in close coordination with its allies and partners. The White House urged all countries to condemn the North's launch and called on Pyongyang to come to the table for serious negotiations. It added the door has not closed on diplomacy, but Pyongyang must immediately seize its provocative actions and instead choose engagement. Yeah, and as we've talked about before, North Korea is not going to come to the negotiating table unless you offer something substantive to North Korea. North Korea. And we've mm-hmm. mentioned this before. The only thing North Korea wants at this time is sanctions relief first, and then they'll work on something here. Uh, in the meantime, the nuclear envoys of South Korea, the U.S. and Japan held phone talks to discuss the, uh, the failed lo- uh, rocket launch as well. Uh, Don, tell us a little bit about this. Sure. Seoul's chief nuclear negotiator Kim Gon and his U.S. and Japanese counterpart Sun Kim and Takehiro Funakoshi delivered a joint message in a conference call strongly condemning North Korea's launch of what it claimed to be a space launch vehicle. They stressed that any launch by Pyongyang using ballistic missile technology is a clear violation of multiple UN Security Council resolutions and emphasized that the North's latest launch cannot be justified in any way. The three sides agreed to continue monitoring the situation with high vigilance and vowed close coordination among the three countries. Got a uh, bunch of messages and uh, questions uh, from our listeners. Arif says, can South Korean people see the satellite fly? Well, number one, no one is going to be looking at the sky anticipating this <laughs> rocket launch. And also, it's too far away. Absolutely not. Uh, Nyan says, uh, my friend just touched down in Korea. Quite glad he wasn't affected because he went down to Busan. Well, again, Busan might be the safest place uh, to be in, in in case of something bad happening here on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, Teto says, you guys have a loudspeaker on the public place. Don, you were saying that your apartment complex right. sent out a, a massive announcement on the loudspeaker saying evacuate. I'm going to need a bit more of verification on that, but I did hear loudspeakers blare off in the morning. I'm not sure if it was uh, uh, conducted, uh, implemented by the the Seoul City or mm. by my uh, apartment by my near my residential area. But still, yes, I did hear the loudspeakers go off and the, the siren go off, and I was like, for a moment, man, do I really need to start packing? It's goodness. It's uh, it's a lot of tension here on the Korean Peninsula. I think it, in any other maybe years in the past, we probably would not have worried about this. But because there is tensions flaring on the Korean Peninsula, even stuff like this can certainly scare a whole lot of people here in Korea. Uh, in the meantime, this story <laughs> was completely overshadowed by the, the launch of the space rocket and the failed space rocket because I remember in the morning, uh, look, reading the news as I always do to start up the morning, this is what I was looking for because the government inspection team 
As we know, they went on the six-day visit to Fukushima. They had two days of the on-site inspection. They returned home on Friday. We knew that by uh, Wednesday morning that they were going to announce uh, the, uh, the, 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 the results of the inspections from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Cheong, can you give us the details of the inspection findings? Was there anything notable there? Sure, SJ. Now, the government inspection team has announced that they have obtained important data during their inspection of the facility. Now, according to the team's leader, Chairman Yugu Ki uh, said that they focused on assessing the removal performance of radioactive nuclides and the long-term operational stability of the Advanced Liquid Processing System, also known as ALPS. Now, during their visit to Japan from the 21st to the 26th of this month, the inspection team engaged in various activities related to the on-site inspection. Now, the team received data on the concentration of radioactive substances in the inflow and outflow of the ALP system from Tokyo Electric Power Company, also known as TEPCO. And according to Chairman Yu, the inspection team confirmed that uh, the major facilities are installed as designed and identified measures to prevent the discharge of contaminated water in case of any abnormalities. Now, this indicates that the proper infrastructure is in place to handle the treated uh, radioactive water. However, it is important to note that Chairman Yu mentioned the need for additional analysis and verification for more precise judgment and the long-term operational stability and the impact of discharging the treated water into the sea are complex matters that require thorough assessment and scientific evaluation. And the decision to release the treated water into the sea is a highly sensitive and controversial issue. While the Japanese government and experts argue that the treated water meets international standards and that the release would have minimal environmental impact, there are concerns from neighboring countries and local communities about potential risks and the perception of safety. So it's crucial for all stakeholders to engage in open dialogue, consider the opinions of relevant experts, and ensure transparent uh, decision-making processes. And the safety and protection of the marine environment should be the top priority in any decision related to the treated radioactive water. Again, you know, not really holding my breath on this, but because it was only two days of the on-site inspection, uh, mm-hmm. the consensus was that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of information that they were able to get, right? And so I think a large number of the South Koreans were hoping that there was some kind of clear-cut answer and you know analysis from the on-site inspection. But as we expected, uh, they're saying that they're going to get, they need more analysis, right? They need more inspection time and whether or not Japan is going to move forward and uh, give the inspectors, uh, inspection team more time to inspect the on-site uh, areas is the other question because it's imminent. Uh, they were saying that it's going to be happening after the G7 summit. The G77 is, uh, summit is done and over with. And I think they said something around June 
is uh, when they were going to release it. And then by then, it's, it's going to be a little bit too late. So obviously not the kind of answer that we were looking for here. Uh, let's move on here. South Korea's industrial output dropped by the biggest margin in over a year last month, uh, due mainly to the continuing slump in the semiconductor industry. Tom, let's get the latest figures on this. According to Statistics Korea, April's industrial output dropped 1.4% on month, posting the sharpest drop since February last year. The drop was mainly dragged down by the country's ailing chip industry, with the inventory level in the manufacturing sector reaching over 130%, up 13 percentage points on month. This marks the highest level since the agency's first data in 1985. The rise in the inventory was also led in a big part by petroleum sectors as well. The output in the mining, manufacturing, gas and electricity industries fell 1.2% on month due to the falling production of machinery and pharmaceutical products. The production of automobiles moved up over 16% on year, while that of semiconductors dropped over 20%. The service output fell 0.3% on month in April as losses in the retail and wholesale sector offset gains in the finance and insurance segment. The statistics agency explained that Korea still faces significant uncertainties and remains largely dependent on the global recovery of the electronics and semiconductor sectors. The finance ministry, in a separate report, analyzed that the industrial output underwent a moderate adjustment after experiencing a recovery in the first quarter, noting most sectors continued to see modest recovery except for some areas, including the chip industry. The ministry added that the government aims to strengthen the recovery momentum by boosting exports, investment, and domestic consumption. In the meantime, President Yoon Sang-gyeol approved the dismissal of the chairman of the Korea Communications Commission, Han Sang-hyuk. Uh, this also came after uh, allegations of his involvement in manipulating scores uh, against the right-wing cable channel during its broadcasting license renewal process. Uh, Chiang, tell us more about this. Sure. Now, the presidential office has confirmed that President Yoon Sung-yeol has signed off a, on a proposal to dismiss Han Sang-yeok, uh, who's the chairman of the Korean Communications uh, Commission. And Han is accused of pressuring senior officials within the uh, commissions uh, to give low scores to TV Joseon during its license renewal evaluation in 2020. Um, also, it is alleged that Han, um, uh, now these actions have raised concerns about fairness and impartiality in the licensing process. And the Ministry of Personnel Management uh, recently submitted a report to the presidential office providing its opinion on Han's case. After reviewing the report, President Yoon made the decision to dismiss Han from his position. And it's worth noting that Han's term was originally scheduled to end at the end of July. Now, Han says that uh, the treatment that he has received is unfair and that he will take legal actions. Now, after the dismissal, dismissal of Chairman Han, Kim Hyo-jae, who is a standing committee member, has assumed the role of acting chairman of the commission. 
Now, Kim comes from an academic background, having studied sociology at Korea University, and he previously held positions as the International and Cultural Affairs Director, as well as an editorial writer at the Joseon Ilbon newspaper before entering politics. Uh, Kim also served as a member of the 18th National Assembly member, um, as a former member of the now dissolved Hanara Party, which is now the current People Power Party. Now, during the Lee Myung-bak administration, Kim also served as a senior presidential secretary at the uh, Blue House at that time. I don't know. I always feel like if you're going to be the head of the KCC, that uh, maybe you want to be not linked to any other media outlets, right? So you have uh, a conservative, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone from the conservative media uh, coming at, at uh, KCC. But uh, nevertheless, uh, this is quite interesting here. Uh, also, the controversy and public anger uh, continues over the National Election Commission's alleged preferential employment of staff children. Tan, what's the la- latest on this? The National Election Commission has been conducting an independent investigation and the alleged favoritism in the hiring of staff's children. But today, it concluded that it needs to request a formal investigation into the case. The commission's special audit committee held a meeting this afternoon and decided to propose an investigation request on four officials involved in the case, including Secretary General Park Chan-jin and his deputy Song Bong-sup. The two offered to resign Thursday following allegations of preferential treatment in the hiring of their children by the election watchdog. The special audit committee judged that the circumstances surrounding the four officials in question made it difficult to rule out the possibility that they had an undue influence on the career recruitment process of their children, which if turns out to be true, is in violation of Article 44 of the State Public Officials Act. The audit committee also decided to refer to the disciplinary committee other employees who handled their duties inappropriately in the process of hiring the children of the four officials. Secretary General Park's daughter was hired by the South Chola Provincial Election Commission last year after working as a government employee for a district office of Gwangju Metropolitan City. Deputy Secretary General Song's daughter worked as a public servant of Poryong City in South Chungcheong Province before entering the Tanyang County Election Commission in North Chungcheong Province in 2018. There you have it, guys. Certainly a lot happening in the past 24 hours here in the country. Thank you very much for your report. Have a safe rest of the week, and we'll see you guys again. Thank Thank you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.